Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We're glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into this week's message. But before we do, I want to encourage you to connect with us online. You can follow us on Instagram or Facebook, and you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel and this very podcast. We want to stay connected. So another great way to do that is be our guest on a Sunday. I'd love to invite you to be here. If you're local, come out. We want to meet you, get to know you, worship with you. We'd really, really enjoy your company. And without further ado, let's jump into this week's message. about a new year are you I'm excited about the snow we have needed some snow around here and um, this Alaska boy is thankful that I don't have to live in it all winter long but I do like it when it shows up and so uh, thank you Jesus for the snow it's good Um, we had a I was telling a couple of you before uh, service that everyone's asking about Christmas and stuff I I, we uh, my, my wife and her whole family or not her but her parents and her brothers and their families, we all went to Donnelly together and rented an Airbnb. And it was a lot of fun. And her dad was, he's from Sacramento, so he was super excited to, uh, somebody's like, oh, she's from California. And so are you. Okay, so. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> she was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, but um, he's from Sacramento. He'd never gone ice fishing before, and so he wanted me to take him out ice fishing. And so we, we went out on the lake and, um, it's as boring as I remember. <laughs> as a kid, I, I only wanted to go. My dad would be like, you want to go ice fishing? And I'd be like, is somebody bringing a sled? And if, if nobody was bringing, a sled means a snow, like a snow machine. A snow machine means a snowmobile. So if, uh, if somebody wasn't bringing one, I, I didn't want to go as a kid. Um, wasn't, wasn't the greatest experience. Um, ice fishing in the Yukon at 30 below with no tent. Not fun. Hey, the new year. I know some of you, uh, you've lived long enough to know that the idea of a new year, new me, not so much. I I think some of you have lived long enough to know that um, New Year's resolutions are great for about three weeks. The the truth is, it's it's a new year, but it's still the same you. (laughs) Be encouraged in the Lord, church. (laughs) New year, same you. But guess what? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. And so as we enter into the new year, I I just decided this is something I started doing personally about 2002. Not about, it was in 2000. 2002 when I began doing this. And um, and and so now it's part of the life of our church. And in fact, now I'm, I'm aware of thousands of other churches that do it with us. And it's just 21 days of prayer and fasting uh, that, that we enter into. And so if, if you're here today and you call Celebration Church your home, uh, I'm going to ask you for the next 21 days to take your faith from being this mental exercise of belief and make it a training exercise of faith that has rubber rubber wheels. Okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to actually uh, participate in the faith for the next few weeks. And what I love about it is this, is it takes, it, it takes me back from that idea of I've got to come into a new year and be a new me to, no, I've got I've to come into a new year 
and I've got to return back to Jesus. Because the truth is this, we all, we all have these, these sort of wandering lives. I know I certainly do. Like, I mean, I mean, there are seasons where I'm doing really good spiritually and seasons where I'm not doing great spiritually. And seasons, you're like, you're the preacher and you don't do good spiritually sometimes? Then you're probably looking for a different church where they're perfect because this one's not perfect. I mean, I mean, we just had, we just had Christmas break, and I'll tell you what, I, I ate more food than I intended to eat. You know what I mean? I had a great time. I had a great time. Uh, it, in fact, we had a, a wedding that we had to attend. Um, we had, like, we had to, like, they forced us to attend. You know, uh, the, the, a wedding on New Year's night uh, was during the day, and um, I was getting ready for it. I went to put a suit on, and I was like, ah, my, my, my suit has shrunk. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Not the length of the legs, but the waist of the legs is it's shrinking. So I don't know how that works. It's wool, so it just it shrinks somehow. Uh, you know that's not the you know that's not the suit, right? That's that's me. <clears throat> um, I think it's interesting in in the scripture when Aaron and the priests are being consecrated or ordained to the Lord. The Hebrew word there for consecration or ordination is this this word of it means to, to fill the hands. And the idea is, is that when we're, when we're dedicated to the Lord, we are, we are allowing him to fill our hands. To, we're allowing him to remove things from our hands, and then he places something in our hands. I just really feel like um, during this season, let, let's be the, the kind of people that say, God, here, here are my hands. Whatever you want to take out of my hands, take them out. Whatever you want to fill my hands with, fill, fill my hands with that. As we enter into 21 days of prayer, and fasting. It's going to begin uh, next, or tomorrow is when it starts, so party today, party today, get it today, and then we're going to, we're going to jump into it. And, you know, here, here's what the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. It says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. There, there's promises all over the scripture that, that, that are related to people who are searching for God with everything they have. There are promises connected to diving after the things of God. But, but can I tell you, there are no promises in Scripture uh, for the person that is a casual observer of the faith. But there are, there are, there are commitments from God towards the men and women that say, I'm going to pursue you with everything that I have. It says this in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6. It says, seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him while he is near. It says, let the wicked change their ways. Well, who are the wicked? It must be someone. No, we're the wicked, people. He's not, that's, that's us. We need to change our ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive generously. Church, I'm just excited that we don't have to like uh, worry as to whether or not we would ever have an opportunity to become close to God. The Bible makes it very clear. If you pursue him, you'll find him. If you'll seek the presence of God, you'll encounter the presence of God. This is, in, in, the, um, in the New Testament, the, the idea of repenting. If you've been around here for any length of time, you would hear at the end of a service me talking about repenting 
and believing. Repenting, it comes from a Greek word, metanoia, and it means we're going to change the way we think, but it also means like a 180 degree turn in an opposite direction. It's very similar to our military word, about face. It means stop going that direction and start going that direction. But in the Old Testament, the, the same word that's translated repent is this word teshuva, and it means to return. It means to turn back to God. It means to run back to God, to, to return to God, because the truth is all of us have a tendency to drift away from him. I don't care how spiritual you think you are. We all drift away from God. It is our natural bent to drift away from the things of God. And just part of the rhythm of Celebration Church is every year at the beginning of the year and then later around August, we, we, we lean into, we're going we're gonna to intentionally reverse the drift. You know what I'm saying? Like we have that drift where you, you want to read the Bible, but Netflix has a new show out. You, you, you want to spend time, you, you, you found yourself a time and place with God, and, and you've been praying, but the truth is every time you get ready to pray, you have a notification on your phone. We have, we have a tendency to drift, and, and I think it's very clear where that drift comes from. It says this in Galatians chapter 5, that the sinful nature wants to do evil. And I know that it's not cool to say that we have a sinful nature. There's this sort of trend in Christianity to try to um, rewrite things to make them more palatable. The Apostle Paul believed that there was something inside of us called the sinful nature. And, and it, he says it, it, it wants to do evil. I've got it. He says, he says it, is, it is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature Desires and these two forces are constantly fighting each other. Why? So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. It says the result of this battle between the sinful nature we have and the Spirit of God living within us is that the result is that we're not able to fulfill the good intentions that we have. I'm, I'm just convinced that every single one of us have really good intentions. I think that's helpful in, in, in a lot of situations to just know that even, even the most destructive people in your life, they have good intentions. There's just a big gap between good intentions and allowing the Spirit of God to overcome in our life. This is seen with Jesus. He's at the, the Garden of Gethsemane. He's getting ready to ascend to the cross and when he's in the garden, he, he's, his disciples aren't really aware fully of what's going on. They know there's tension going on. They know there are hints going on, but they don't know the whole story. As far as they're concerned, Jesus is going to overthrow Rome, and he's going to be the, become a ruler. That's what they're thinking. And they know there's tension because they've been feeling it the last few days in the city of Jerusalem. They go to a garden, and, and as they're as they're praying this is this is what Jesus tells them he says in Matthew chapter 26 verse 41 he says keep watch and pray he says I, I want you to be vigilant and I want you to pray I think that those are good words for all of us 
to be vigilant and pray. Mama, be vigilant and pray. Be vigilant and pray. So keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Preacher, I thought if I I just got closer to Jesus, I wouldn't deal with temptation anymore. These dudes walked with him for three years. And he says, be vigilant and pray because temptation's coming. And then he says this, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Jesus is talking about the same conflict that Paul is talking about. He's saying, he's saying the, the, the spirit is, is willing. We, we really want to lean into the things of God. We, we really do want to have a great relationship with God because we know that when our relationship with God is right, our relationship with other people levels up. And, and so we want that. But the problem is it's just not a lot of fun. I think, honestly, I think one of our greatest problems is not the desire for good things. Let me rephrase it. I think one of our greatest problems is is actually just the desire to get there, if if that makes any sense. Like, Like, reading your Bible is not hard. It's not. Understanding the Bible is not as hard as you think. The desire to read the Bible is hard. Prayer is not as difficult as we make it. Prayer is very simple. It's a conversation. You have them all the time. The desire to pray is hard. It's it's this difficulty within us, this conflict within us, where we drift away from what God wants for our life, and we we struggle because of it. The truth is, I, I always find time to do the things I want to do. I can find time to sleep. Because I like it. <laughs> I, I definitely don't miss very many meals. I can find time for that. I, 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 can, I can find time for the things. Like if there's a TV show I want to watch, I guarantee you I'm going to find time to watch that. Sh- if there's a game I want to watch, I'm going to make sure that wherever we go, I'm going to have a view of a screen in front of me. If it's important to to me, I'll make sure it happens. If it's important to you, you'll make sure it happens. And so my my real question today is this. I I just really wanted to come encourage you in the Lord. And my question is this. Do you really want your life with God to get better? Do you really want it? I'm not talking about him saving you. I'm not talking about being free from sin that comes from the gift of God and it is of no work of our own. The the, the grace of God is what makes you right with God. I'm talking about do you want your relationship with him to be deepened and better and stronger, growing in your faith? Because if the answer to that question is, yeah, I do want my life with God to be better, then there are some small steps you need to take. Not small steps to earn God's favor, just small steps to grow stronger in him. Uh, you know, I, I, I was thinking about it, and um, if, if somebody showed up here today with a pallet, and they, they put it on the stage, and this, this pallet had a million dollars stacked up on it. And, and for some of you, you're like, uh, you obviously don't watch enough Mr. Beast because 
um, you know, a pallet with money would be a lot more than a million. I don't know what it would be, but maybe you could just show me. But how about somebody show me? Uh, <laughs> explain to me. Explain to me how much money. Maybe it's just a briefcase. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but if somebody showed up with um, with a million dollars, set it on the stage, and they're like, "Hey, I, this this money is yours. If you can go out those doors." run a marathon in under five hours. I'll tell you what, I'm going to die on the side of the road out there somewhere. <laughs> Blood gurgling out of my lungs, right? Like just, I'm going to go for it. <clears throat> Some of, but but the tr- like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be hurting, and I'm not going to come in under five hours. But, but the truth is there are people in this room right now that if somebody came in and they said, here's a million dollars, five hours, they're like, oh, we got this. We're getting, it's payday. Somebody, like somebody, there's some of you, you have running shoes on right now, like ready to go, and, and you've been training for years. You could run, run it in, uh, sub five hours, and it would be no problem to you. Me, I'm going to die. <laughs> because I really enjoy gas station donuts. Costco hot dogs. You know what I'm saying? Like, but the truth is this, right? The truth is, if I saw it coming, if I knew that this October or this September, somebody was going to come in here with a million dollars and say, you got to run it in under five, five hours, you know what I could do? I, I, I could right now decide I'm going to start eating healthy. I'm going to start making sure my body is hydrated and I'm getting enough sleep. I could start running, you know, an hour a day for the first, or, for, or run a mile a day for the first week, and then I can bump that mile up to a couple miles. I could, I could, get, I could get there quick. I could, I could download an app on my phone that would build a, a training regimen that could get me under five hours. You guys see what I'm saying? Some of you are like, yeah, probably not, fatty. Like, you, that's how you feel. Like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. I appreciate the trust. The faith in me. But, but, but you see what I'm saying? Like, like if, if I saw it coming, I could train for it. But if I don't see it coming, I, I won't be ready for it. Dallas Willard says it like this. He says, grace is not opposed to effort. Because a lot of us don't do things like fasting or prayer because we think it is works. Dallas Willard says, grace is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning Earning is an attitude, effort is an action. Grace, you know, does not have to do with forgiveness of sins alone. Dallas Willard also said this, that that, that there's a difference between trying and training. There's a difference between trying and training. Like, like you can try to be good enough. You can, you can try to, to, to level up and be, be all that God wants you to be, but you will never make it there if you keep trying. But what you can do is you can say, I can look at the scriptures and see the life that Jesus intends for me, and I can begin training to live a life like he calls me to. I'm not going to try to be that life, but I'm going to try to train so that my life is shaped and molded to look like what he calls me to. Can I just tell us that if, if, we, if we want the best year this year, it's going to be the best year because you have the best year spiritually. I'm just, I'm just telling you, the best year this year comes when you say, I, I'm going to lean into the things of God. Here's what it says in Joel chapter 2, verse 12. It says, that is why the Lord says, turn to me now. 
while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, with weeping, and mourning. Can I just tell you that the most effective way to push back your own flesh and that sort of sinful nature is to push away the plate. Preacher, are you trying to kill me? Yes. Yes. Fasting, fasting is about sacrifice. It's, it's about sacrifice. And sacrifice is about giving up something I love for something I love more. Like, like, like me sacrificing boiled spinach isn't a sacrifice. I'm happy, I'm happy if I never have to see it or smell it again. It's a sacrifice when it's something I love that I'm giving up for something I love more. And you all do this every day. You do it every day. You love, you love the feeling when you wake up in the morning and you've had a very nice night of sleep. You know what I'm saying? Like, like not one of those restless nights, but like a solid night of sleep. You just wake up, you're, you're fully awake, you're, you didn't sleep in, you're waking up at the right time, alert, energized, ready to take on the day. You know what I'm saying? You love that. But you also love binge-watching Netflix. You know what I'm saying? Like, you also, like, although you love getting a full night's rest and you know you operate better the next day, like, you're going to be better the next day, you say, one episode wouldn't hurt. <laughs> ah, I can't stop there. That was a, I, two, uh, maybe, this is a cliffhanger. We're going to watch the third, you know, <laughs> it's because we, 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 have, we, we give up something we love full night's rest for something we like more. You, you probably love to, to, to feel good and to look good. Like you really want to feel healthy and look healthy. But the truth is there's just something magical that happens when you get a Chick-fil-A sandwich that has been, <laughs> that's been cooked in that pickle juice. You know, like it's been soaked in pickle juice. It's a and, and then you get the waffle fry and, and you put it in the, the Chick-fil-A sauce, which is just glory. Like the sweet sauce with the salty. Giving up something I really love for something that I kind of like a little more. For, for some of you, you're single in the room right now, and you would really love to go have sex this weekend. Preacher, preacher, how dare you talk about the things I actually care about? You'd love it. But you have a conflicting thing you would also love. You would love to walk down an aisle one day without any regrets and shame and pain from the past. And so somewhere you're going to have to decide which of those two loves is going to be sacrificed. Either the pleasure of this weekend or the pleasure of walking down an aisle. Hmm. Preacher. That one is in the word. There we go. Thank you for saving me, babe. You, you are sacrificing something in your life right now. 
And you're doing it because the world tells you to follow your heart. Our world tells you that we have our own truths and we have to be true to ourselves and follow our own heart and follow our passions. And can I just ask you, what happens when your passions conflict with someone else's passions? What, what happens when you following your heart conflicts with the word of God? What, what happens when, when you, you have the desire to have the freedom of being single, but you also want the intimacy of a family? Which, which one do you, do you choose? Because our world will tell you that you can have it all. And the truth is, no, you can't. I'll say it again. You can't have it all. At some point, you must sacrifice something you love for something you love more. David Brooks writes this. If you aren't saying a permanent no to anything, giving anything up, then you probably aren't diving into anything fully. A life of commitment means saying a thousand no's for the sake of a few precious yeses. Church, we, we got to be people that learn to be able to say no. Like saying no simplifies life. If you want vision for your life, what you first need to do is know what you don't want for your life. You've got to learn what your no's are. When, when you know what the no's are, it, it limits things. You, the, the truth is this, you, you have a... You have a, a very scarce commodity in your life called yes. You don't have infinite yeses. You have a scarcity of yeses and you have infinite no's. And if you want to grow in your walk with God, you've got to learn to exercise that no muscle a little bit. I know this isn't cool, but it will grow big believers. It'll grow big believers if you'll do it. And so Jesus teaches us about fasting, not as like some sort of self-punishment, not as self-flagellation, like I'm going to whip myself, like I'm just such a bad person, I need to fast. That's not what Jesus, he teaches it like it's a self-audit. It's like you're looking at your life and you're trying to recognize what is filling up my hands. What are the things that are filling up my hands that should be filled with something more important? And so as we as a church, we take, take just one, one step this beginning of the year, just one simple step, this step of saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean into everything God has for me. The first part of that is deciding what we will fast There's four, four types of fasts that we encourage around here. The first is a complete fast. You encourage a complete fast? Yes. A complete fast is no food for 21 days. Are you telling me there's radicals, like fanatics, like that actually do that? Yes. Yeah. 
So the way I do this, when I, when I do a complete fast, I don't do it every year. A lot of years I do, but, but not every year. The way I do it is, I, 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 I try to be kind of moderate with it. I feel like getting, getting into this self-flagell, I'm just going to make it really hard on myself, that's missing the point. The point is, is recognizing that, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender something to God that I feel him calling me to do. So when I do a complete fast, I, my hard rule is I get away from chewing. Anything I can chew, I won't do it. And I do that because if I've been fasting for a little while and I'm feeling really weak and I need, to, uh, I, I need something, I'll, I'll have broth. I'll, I'll go get some of those nice broths from the Whole Food store or something, you know, like the, the miso soup or something. Like, like I'll, I'll, eat, I'll, I'll drink that. Um, and I think it's my favorite fast, honestly. It's hard. It's, hard. it's my favorite. Uh, I was talking to a man in our church last year that had never done one of these. He'd been living for God for a long time, a long time. And been a faithful believer for a long time. And he said, I, I, he said, you've been saying this every year. And I've always thought, like, oh, this is for, like, the preachers. <laughs> like, you know, this is for the, but I'm going to try it. And so he decided, in fact, he had been diagnosed with some health issues just before. And, and he said, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and try it. Leaned into a complete fast like this. And to a very significant degree, reversed the symptoms of the health issue. And more importantly, came to me saying, I've, I've never felt so close to God. I've never felt so clear. I would encourage you, if you've never tried it, try it. Um, another fast would be a selective fast. A selective fast is when you're taking one thing out of your diet. This is, um, so this would be like saying, hey, I'm going to take out caffeine. I'm going to take out soda. Like, I'm going to take out fast food. I'm going to take out alcohol. I'm going to take out meth. Like, what, whatever it is. <laughs> you know, I'm, sorry. I'm, just, I'm just, you're just picking something. You're just picking something. Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. I try to represent him really well, but the problem is me. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> But, but a selective fast would be you're, 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 you're taking something specific out of your diet for the 21 days. Right. An- another one would be a partial fast. This would be uh, like I'm, I'm going to do breakfast every, every day. I'm going to not have breakfast. Or I'm, breakfast and lunch, I'm not going to have it. If you're new to fasting and you really want to fast 24 hours, I would suggest doing a partial fast that is actually a complete fast. And watch this. So if you, if you go through your day and you have your afternoon, like you have dinner, and then you begin the fast after dinner, you're going to spend the evening with your belly full. You're going to be fine. You're going to go to sleep, and you're going to sleep for most of the fast. And then you're going to wake up. You're going to skip breakfast and lunch. And then you have dinner the next day, and you've completed a 24-hour fast. But it, but it comes across like a partial fast. It's like a partial fast one day and a partial fast the next day. It's 24 hours. You can do this. You, you, can, you can do this. This is something you could do. You could do a fast where you say, I'm just going to fast during the daylight hours. At night, I'm going to pig out. But during the daylight, 
I'm not gonna, you, can, you can choose that. We don't demand what you do. I just really think there's something important about choosing to sacrifice and lean into God. Or you could do a soul fast. A soul fast is where you say, there are things filling my cup that are affecting my soul that I need to cut out of my life. Something like Instagram, TikTok, Facebook for you older people. <laughs> Zing. You know, I got away from Facebook because I don't want all the opinions. I just want to see what you ate and I want to see your dog. That's it. It could be, cut, it could be cutting out, cutting out um, media type input. It could be getting rid of Netflix or TV. It could be cutting out video games. I would, I would venture to say that video game addiction is creating more stress in your life than you're aware of. And, and if you say, oh, it's not bothering me, then try to cut it out for 21 days and see. <clears throat> ha! Having so much fun stepping on toes today. The best times of my life spiritually are always these times when I just say, I'm going to push away the plate and I'm going to draw near to God. I, I would say this. If, if you're going to fast with us this, this coming up, next 21 days, starting tomorrow, don't go tell everybody what your fast is. There's, well, Jesus says not to do it. But also there's science behind it. There's studies that have been done on expressing goals to people where they hooked people up to little nodes around their brain and they had people have a goal they had to set and then accomplish. And they discovered that when somebody set a goal and then articulated that goal to somebody else, the pleasure centers of their brain fired off at the same level they would have if the person completed the goal. This is why so many of us make goals and don't complete them because your body gets the same pleasure response just by saying what the goal is as though you had already done it. So I would encourage you to tell a selected few accountability people in your life. If you're fasting caffeine or food, you need to tell the people you live with that you're going to be cranky. <laughs> your breath might not be great. Like, you, you need to let people know. And as I'm talking about this, some of you know immediately what it is that you're going to be fasting. Some of you know, like, immediately, you're like, it's Netflix. It's, it's caffeine. And, and some of you in the room are hearing me say that, and you're like, preacher, just tell them that's not a real fast. Uh, <laughs> a real fast is food only. Yeah, th that's true. But let me just say this. They are great starting places. They are valid starting places. And um, I, I find that for me, I get the most spiritual benefit when I fast food, but I also recognize there are other things in my life that I need to push away from me. That's the other thing. So, <clears throat> yeah. 
So you know what it is. In fact, what we'll do in a minute, I'm going to ask the band to come up. Maybe I'll just ask them to start making their way now. When they sing, what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to just jump in there and start singing with them. I want you to ask God what you should push away. I would ask God, what is in my hands that's busying my hands that you want to remove from my hands so you can fill my hands? That's what I that's what I'd encourage you to do. Because there's, honestly, I think in this room, as I wrap up, there's four groups of people that I'm talking to. The first is people that you just wouldn't call yourself a follower of Jesus, and so you're like, this is great because I don't have to do any of this. You don't. You don't have to do any of it. But I'll tell you this. You probably should. You, you, you probably should do this. And you should because, let's be honest, the best things you've ever experienced in your life have come from sacrifice. That, that ER doctor who's, in, who's able to do incredible things with medicine and science, they're able to do it because they, they sacrificed something pretty heavily. While everyone else was out partying, they were in a room studying. That surprise vacation that you took your kids on to Harry Potter World, it wasn't a surprise to you. It had been a sacrifice for months. That brand new newborn baby that you have, that you've been holding and staring into her eyes, with her comes a sacrifice. You're going to choose. Like, I love my friends. I love the people around me. But right now, in this season of life, I'll never get these moments back. So I'm going to sacrifice some time with my friends. I'm going to sacrifice time with the older children so that I can just stare into the eyes of this baby. The best things we have come from sacrifice. Preacher, but I, you know, I, I, I tried following Jesus and it didn't work. I love it when people say this to me. Like, I, I tried Jesus, it didn't work. My, my question is, oh, okay, but I've got some follow-up questions. Did you read your Bible daily? No. Did, did you give money regularly? No. Like, did, did you physically attend a church? No. Did you uh, live life in community with other believers who had voice into your life? No. Did you serve anywhere? No. So I think what you're saying isn't so much that you tried Jesus. It's more that you, you really enjoyed the possibility of him helping you, but you Following him didn't seem as fun or enjoyable as you would like. And so you thought about him. But when your life hit the fan, Jesus didn't sprinkle magic fairy dust and change the problem immediately. And because you never took the time to actually develop a relationship with him, you didn't understand how he intends to bring you through the difficult troubles. So you're really frustrated with Jesus and you gave up on him. Not because you tried him, but because he didn't dance when you wanted him to dance. And I would just say, don't give up on him unless you've actually tried him.
try them. What's the worst that will happen in the next 21 days if you decide I'm going to pray and fast for 21 days? What's the worst that will happen? Your blood pressure decreases? Right, because that's the concern everybody has. If I fast food, am I, am I going to die? If you, have, if you have a medical condition that you're concerned about, talk to your doctor. Chances are good they're actually going to support it or give you some sort of modified idea that they have that you could try. Because fast, the health benefits of fasting are like very good. The, the second group of people in the room is, this is the people that are kind of on the fence. You're, maybe you're really excited about jumping in. You're ready to go with this. Or, or maybe you're kind of, just going, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm going to try this. I just really just wanted to come to church today. I, didn't, I just wanted coffee and church. I didn't want fast. And I'll say this. At some point in your life, there's a storm coming. All of us have heartache. All of us have pain. All of us experience storms. All of us are going to have that moment. It's not going to be a million dollars on a stage, but it's going to be a storm. And the question is, have you put in the miles to make it through the storm? Or are you going to fall on the sidewalk somewhere, completely depleted, because you didn't practice your faith. Next is parents. I would say parents, if you're in the room, get your kids in on this. This is a highlight for our kids every year. That um, They know it's coming. I shouldn't say a highlight. Some of them, sometimes they love it, sometimes they don't. We don't do like a, like a Nineveh fast, right? Like when Jonah comes in and they're like, okay, nobody eats, not even the cats. Like we're not doing that. Somebody's like, what does he have against cats? (laughs) What we do is we just ask them what they want to give up. Because I I believe, like, this idea of sacrifice is important. And there's just some of the coolest moments we've had around the living room or the kitchen table have been conversations with a 10-year-old saying, I'm going to give up Nintendo for the next three weeks. That tells me somebody that's, that's learning at a young age how, how to have discipline over their own life. It, there's something cool when, when a teenager says, I'm going to cut out carbonated drinks for the next three weeks. Like your Clearasil budget goes way down. <laughs> Get your kids in on it. It's going to be good for them. The next is this. If you're like me, and you've been living for God for a long time, and you recognize that Paul says, count it all joy when you face various trials and tribulations. You recognize that there's purpose behind it. But you're just so tired of growing. You're just tired of growing I want to say you're not alone and it's worth it. It's worth it. One more lap around the track, it's worth it. In fact, as we close, I'm going to say this. Uh, if, if you're in the room today and you're like, I'm, I'm all in, I'm going to step into the next 21 days 
however that looks for you, with prayer and fasting. Um, I want you to go ahead and stand or, or rise with me in some way, maybe, maybe for you that's raising a hand, but if you could stand with me. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no shame if you don't want to, don't, don't no, no, no peer pressure. And here's what I want you to do. For those of you that have maybe done a few laps around the track, I want you to look around. You're not alone. This is a room full of people that are saying, I'm going to prioritize my walk with God going into this new year. So we're going to pray and we're going to fast. The prayer looks like this around here. What we're going to do is for the next three weeks, we're going to have prayer. Uh, we want you to pray on your own, but we're also going to have uh, corporate times of prayer for people to come together and pray. In the past, we've tried that in the mornings. And it just, it feels um, a little hard for some people. And so we're going to try this year a different thing. We're making this space available for prayer on Tuesdays at 6.30. And Sundays at 6.30, we're going to be doing essentially a, a modified version of our pursuit night every single Sunday. So not this Sunday, but starting next Sunday. So Tuesdays and Sundays, 6.30 right here join us in corporate prayer together and let's fast and let's pray just want to remind you one more one more time if if you're just fasting and you're not praying you're on a diet this is a spiritual exercise not a health exercise so during this this time I want the band to come and they're gonna they're gonna sing and they're gonna worship but what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to get lost in the words right now I want you to listen to what God has to say to you. I've just challenged you. And I believe like God wants to point at something in your life and say, this is, this is the thing I want you to surrender. It might be one, it might be two things. But that's what I want you to do in the next few minutes is just listen to the Lord as he speaks to you about the areas of your life that you need to surrender. So would you guys go ahead and come Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church, to find out more. We love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.